is the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network podcast. I'm Krista Hoke, and we are really glad to have you with us. We hope you'll enjoy our show as we talk about healthy leadership that we believe is best expressed and most effective through influence. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome to our podcast. I'm your host, Rick Shields, and I'm happy to be joined today with our co-host, Mike Atkinson. Together, we direct the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network. Thank you for investing your time with us on this episode. Today, we're going to be speaking with some friends, Daniel and Janine Hazelrig. Daniel and Janine just recently joined the ministry team of Doorways and Simply Sisters. They've been serving for the past 12 years as missionaries with the Assemblies of God in Mexico. And now we've asked them to come alongside and join us. Daniel will be helping us with international teams, helping to recruit, to coordinate, to implement those teams, and also be helping with local cross-cultural ministries here in the Tulsa area, in addition to providing some training for our Doorways Leadership and Influence Network members. And Janine, we're so grateful that she's going to be joining us with helping with Simply Sisters. She also will be part of the training programs that we have for Doorways Leadership and Influence Network members. So thank you so much, guys, for joining us. We're glad you're with us. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having thank us. Talk about some of the important principles that you've learned in the last 12 years that you've been involved in ministry in Mexico with the Assemblies of God. What are some of those important things you've learned in ministry? For me personally, I think one of the biggest takeaways I have learned in ministry is ministry is not about me. It's not about what I can do. It's more about enabling others to go out and do ministry beyond who I personally am and my personal reach. Janine, I know that you were involved as a full-time missionary a short time before Daniel was. I think you were on the field for a couple of years prior to Daniel. Yes, I was about two and a half years. Before we got married, I worked at a school for missionary kids, worked in the office at a school. This was a non-denominational Christian school for the children of missionaries in Mexico. And so I got to help out there, but then I also got to know a pastor's family and got to work in their church a little bit, doing a little bit of children's ministry. And then I also had mentor missionaries that I had opportunities to do things with, such as helping with some teams. We also did a couple of trips up into the mountains, and I got to teach some children, um, indigenous children up in the mountains. So it was sort of wherever there was a little need, and I knew that it was something I could jump in and do, then that's what I did. And Daniel, tell us about the kind of work that you've been doing these past 12 years. The majority of the work I've been involved in was teaching at a local Bible institute and teaching in other areas, such as there was a, a missionary training center for Mexicans who are actually going to be missionaries in other countries. We were able to teach in local churches. People teach how to do children's ministry. So it was mainly a teaching role over the last 10, 12 years. I think for us at DLIN, one of the things we talk about a lot is the strong correlation between leadership and influence. So for most of us here as part of DLIN, uh, we're either lay ministers or involved in a secular job in, in a secular environment quite a bit. And as missionaries, you guys were in a completely different culture. So can you kind of talk about maybe how do you develop influence in a new or different culture? I think in missions, the extent of your influence is largely based on the depth of your relationships with others. 
I, I remember growing up in a youth group. My youth pastor said all the time, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that is very true in missions. We went to an area where there was a large indigenous influence and they don't open up to outsiders. They don't trust outsiders. So it was a years long process of developing that those relationships before we had the opportunity to influence others. Janine, when did you realize that God was preparing you for a leadership role? I didn't actually realize I was a leader until later in life. Even though I was in positions of leadership, I mean, I was teaching Sunday school to children as a teenager. I was um, I was an RA in college. I was so I was in these various roles where I was kind of responsible for people. Yet it was when I was in my late twenties that I had already and I had already gone to Mexico for a while. I think I had been there for about a year, and I came back to do some fundraising. And I was talking to a pastor. And he asked me if I was credentialed. I said, well, no, I mean, I did Bible college and stuff. I just didn't really feel like that was hugely important to me. And he said, well, why not? You've already been in a leadership position and you've showed, you know, like you're already living a life of ministry and this and that. And and I went away from that conversation thinking, oh, this is true. I have been in a leadership position and I just didn't think of it that way. So that was a turning point for me. I did go ahead and get my credentials. And then from, from that time on, it was, it was a bit more of the realization of, I do have people watching. I do have people wanting to learn from me or looking to me for answers. So that was kind of that moment of that started that realization that, okay, I, yeah, I am in that position. I just didn't think of it that way. So for our listeners that are kind of in that same situation, that, hey, maybe this is something that I need to consider or looking back, what are some next steps maybe to take? Because I was already on the mission field, my appointment as a missionary at that time was only for one or two years at a time. So for in my particular case, that meant I needed to get my credentials. We worked with the Assemblies of God. That was my first step was to become credentialed as a licensed minister. But then from there, I spent that next year really praying about God. Is this something that you want me to do? like really think about long-term instead of just maybe one or two years. And it was that year that God confirmed that calling that it was to be for a much longer time. And it was just a little while after that, that Daniel and I started dating long distance. And then we got married and then we went back to the field as a married couple and as fully appointed missionaries as well. So did you see it kind of as a natural progression or was it something like, oh, well, this is starting to dawn on me. So now I see more opportunities out there. It become just more realistic or how did that approach internally go? That is an excellent question. I don't know that I immediately thought, oh yes, I'm ready for anything, but you know, just it kind of, it was kind of that like, well, what, what then should I be willing to try or to do? I I had a lot of fear. I mean, that's something that I've struggled with, which we, we might talk about that later on, but so overcoming fear for me was a major step. And I can't say that that's completely gone. I think that's something I'll struggle with my whole life. It's like my first reaction is to hold on. I got to think about that because I don't know if I can do that. And it's fear. So I have to work through that. And so that kind of kept me from doing some things that maybe I should have done or maybe I should have pressed forward into. But yeah, I would say that it was kind of like just gradually I would 
start with one thing and it would kind of grow and grow or, you know, lead to the next or. Yeah. I find that interesting because I think for most of us, we expect there to be a playbook or a way for us Mm -hmm. to solve issues or problems. And then it's just going to come to us. But for the most part in real life, we understand that often we have to initiate kind of first steps and trust God to Mm -hmm. lead us and direct us and not necessarily think that we have all the answers to begin with and that we start the process. And I think what you're illustrating here, and I wanted to bring out the point was that it's okay to start taking steps without having the full answers in place Mm -hmm. and to start the process. And for many, I think for many of us, we're kind of hesitant and maybe we miss out on opportunities because we expect things to be in place before we go. And that's not necessarily how it always works. You said God confirmed your calling. How did that happen? How did you feel like God confirmed that? Because we have a number of people who want to believe that God will speak to them and will make it clear. And I believe he does that, but sometimes they're not really certain what to be looking for. What happened? How how did God confirm that call for you? I was called to be a missionary as a young child. So how were you called? I was at a Bible camp and I was praying around the altar. And the speaker gave kind of a general, you know, some of you maybe feel called to be a pastor or to serve God in full-time ministry, or maybe even to be a missionary. And it was a moment of praying and saying, God, what do you want me to do with my life? What do you want me to be? And I felt him just, it's not the audible voice thing, but like in my heart, just this impression that I needed to be, to be a missionary. And it was so clear and so real. It's, I mean, I'm, it's like, I'm sitting there at the altar even now, like I can, it was so clear. Then later on, just in seeking the Lord and continuing, you know, with Bible reading and church and all the regular, you know, Christian growth things that we do, there was times that like I had a chance to go to on a mission trip. And so things like that, mission trips were something that I I loved it. And it just changed my life, but also just felt like there's, there's more to this. There's just something more. It's not just like, wow, that was a cool trip. There's, there's a deeper thing going on in my heart through this. And I went to Bible college and got involved in some of their kind of their little missions, clubs and groups and things. And that was something again, that it was just like, there was always felt like there was more to this for me that God intended there to be more to it than just joining a prayer group or something. Uh, I actually went after college. I did some service for a while in a in a youth home and then moved back to, I'm from Montana. So I moved back to Montana and worked as a nanny for several years thinking I'm going to pay off my college debts and I want to get married. I know I'm called to missions, but I don't want to do it by myself because again, fear. <laughs> and God brought me to a point a few years into that where he said, are you going to obey me? Like on my terms, are you going to obey me? Are you going to try to control this and try to do it your own way? Because it's not going to work. I surrendered that and said, okay, God, single, married, whatever, whenever, however, I'm, I want to do it your way. And that's why I ended up going on my own. It worked out for me to go on my own for a couple of years. That second year into that commitment in Mexico was when I was just, I really was just praying and asking God to show me, like, do you want me to? to go ahead and and become like a fully appointed missionary where I know that I'm really am on this track for possibly the rest of my life? Or do you want me just to keep kind of one year at a time, you know, and see how it goes? And I felt like I wanted me to do it, make that commitment. 
And uh, it was just like a final step for me to, to do the actual process of it. Daniel, I know that you, as a young adult at least, were leading teams of people from your church to do some ministry teams. Did you feel called to missions prior to that or as a result of that? I felt God telling me to be a missionary. I was 17 at the time. It was a Monday night worship service in my youth group. That night, I just heard God speak as as clear as can be, not the audible voice, but just clearly speak to my spirit, you're going to be a missionary. I actually told God no. Um, I've learned that God has a very funny sense of humor sometimes. I was just going to say, never do that. Yes. That doesn't work. My my home church had an annual trip to Mexico, to Puebla, Mexico, every summer. And about two weeks before the trip, I had not given that trip a second thought in the world. And one of the associate pastors comes up to me and said, hey, somebody just dropped out of our trip to Mexico. So I just put your name on a plane ticket. And I remember... I did not want to go on that trip. I, I was even hesitant the morning of the flight, but it was that week I was in Mexico that God confirmed that this is the, that was where I was going to be going. Let me take a moment to remind our listeners that feedback is important to us. If you have a suggestion for a guest or a topic, please let me know. You can drop me an email at info at doorways.cc, and we'll see how to incorporate that into our podcast schedule We really do appreciate both your feedback and your input. You're listening to the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network podcast. My name is Rick Shields. I'm glad to have our co-host, Mike Atkinson, with us today. Mike has a busy career in addition to a full personal life. Did I mention he's the grandfather to four of the cutest and the smartest grandkids known to mankind? I'm always thankful, Mike, when you're able to carve away some time to, to be with us. And we're speaking today with Daniel and Janine Hazelrig, who recently joined the ministry team of Doorways and Simply Sisters. Just before interrupting them with this small break, we were discussing the call of God and how that came about in their lives. But now they feel as if God has called them to a new direction, and that is to be involved with Doorways and Simply Sisters on a full-time basis. And I'm really interested in hearing from you two what it is you think that God is calling you to do in that. I know what I think I'm asking you to do, but I think it may be important for us to know what it is you feel like God is asking you to do. What's really on my heart right now is to continue pouring into others so that they can go out and do ministry beyond where I am, beyond my limitations, beyond my reach, whether that be in a workplace, whether that be getting other people opening the door for them to go to missions or introducing the idea of missions to them, wherever that may be, just helping people be better equipped to do ministry where they are. And I think for me with Simply Sisters, I love what they're already doing. And I think it's beautiful the way that they care for other women. They give out many different gift baskets and note cards and so many things that are just They're reaching women in times of great difficulty or even just celebrating with them when they have victories to celebrate. I'm excited to see what they're doing. At the same time, I think that there's just so many wonderful things that we we could do in the future if God would allow it. In my mind, I see that looking like pulling in different women 
with maybe a certain skill set, like maybe there's a teacher or a principal or someone that loves Jesus and they're serving in a school and they want to reach out to their staff members or to families in need in their school. Or maybe there's a woman who has experienced already the loss of a child, whether that be through miscarriage or some other, you know, just heartbreaking experience, but they want to use their experience as a way to minister to others who might be suffering with those things right now as well. I think of when my children were younger, they're only five and seven now, but I'll tell you those baby years can be, can feel lonely and draining if you don't have a support system around you. And even if you do, I mean, Daniel was a good husband, but we were new in town kind of thing. And having church women come around me and be there to support was so helpful. And I'd like to offer that to other ladies who are just in that stage of life. It's wonderful and it's a beautiful stage of life, but it is exhausting. (laughs) And sometimes you just feel kind of lost in the middle of it. I see that there's a lot that we could we could do, and I'm just excited to know that the heart of Simply Sisters really is to just minister to women who who are needing that connection and needing support. I know this is not a simple change or a simple transition. What have been some of the things that you have learned or processed during this change? Well, I know one thing that God has showed me so, so clearly again and again is that He sees the big picture and He is faithful. Always, no matter where we are, no matter what point of life we're in, he is always faithful. And one way that he shows me that is how well he takes care of my kids. He provides friends. He provides even here a wonderful church and a church family, people that friends that feel like family. And all of that is so good for us and for our kids, especially because that's that's been where we've gotten a lot of support and help from just, you know, to, to keep going through all of this. I think for me, one of the things I've been thinking about over the last couple months is who am I as a person? I think many men especially find their identity in their work. And this is a major transition for us, leaving the foreign missions field, moving to the U.S. For over a decade, I was a foreign missionary, but that's not who I am. I was reading a passage in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 13, that was the first three verses. It was the call of Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey. And the Spirit just pointed out to me when I was reading that before they were called to be a missionary, they were worshiping. And I think that's something that I'm having to work through right now is God didn't call me necessarily to be a foreign missionary. God didn't call me necessarily to do X, Y, Z. He called me to worship. Ministry should flow out of our worship to God. And so many times, uh, even people in ministry, myself included, that's been reversed where our worship flowed out of our ministry. And when when that's backwards, we, we've just got our priorities mixed up. And I've been having to remind myself to get the main thing right first, to worship God. And out of that, we'll flow everything else. Not everything's going to be mountaintop experiences, right? You're not always going to feel like you're uh, hitting home runs at the plate. Uh, So those times when things are a little bit more difficult, maybe there are some failures here and there. What's kind of some of your most, you know, your singular bit of advice to give to other leaders regarding those times when things aren't going so smoothly? I know one thing that's, that's really been helpful to me has been to find a good mentor. Someone in my case, it was a couple of really godly ladies that were a bit older than me and had a little more experience than me 
and just to say, what do you do when life is like this? What do you do when, you know, I'm, I'm struggling or, I mean, I've, I have had times in my life where I've struggled with depression. So what do you do when you feel like the bottom is falling out and you know, that's not true in your head, but it feels that way. What do you do? You know? And, and so they were wonderful in that they would now, again, we were on the mission field, so they didn't live close to me, but they were sending me emails back and forth. And we were like Facebook messaging, all this kind of stuff, like just keeping in touch that way just to just encourage me. And they know they were praying for me and, and I just knew that they were supporting me. So finding a good mentor and I mean, there's, there's all kinds of resources too, but I know for me, the relationship and just keeping things open with God and being honest with God too. I, there was a time in my life where I felt like I had to pray the perfect prayers or something as if God didn't know that that wasn't real, (laughs) you know, but, but I came to a point where I went, wow, God, you already know what's in my heart. I might as well just be honest with you anyways, and honest with myself too, you know, and pray those honest prayers and, and let God know that, Hey, this is hard. I'm struggling, but I'm, but I don't want to give up and I don't want to, you know, step away or anything. I just need some help, you know? And so I, for me, it's been prayer and, and having good mentors in my life that have helped a lot. She said, talking about somebody to encourage you, whatnot. I would also say having that person that's trusted enough to call me out on my own stupidity and foolishness sometimes. Yeah. And I think we all need that somebody that we will allow to speak 100% honest to us, even if we don't want to hear the answer. We're excited. So excited about this next step that you guys are taking and all the possibilities. And I think what God's going to bring both to the organization and to you both. And I think it's going to be something that's going to work extremely well. I don't know if I've had the chance to express that to you guys both kind of looking in this, this next step and what's what's straight ahead. What's, What's the thing that most excites you about the next coming few months? I know you guys have mentioned a couple of things, but what's deep in your heart? What's the thing that's, that's speaking to you most about this? For me, I think it's the empowerment and the freedom to be able to do what I feel like God's already put in my heart to do, that I care wow. about women and I want to I want to positively encourage and influence them. But now I will have more of a focus and the resources to do that. So that's exciting to me. It gives me a chance to dream bigger and to know that, yeah, to know that there's support behind me as well in that. Not that I didn't have support before, but missionaries kind of, we kind of do our own thing to a point. So this is, this is like, I get to work with a team that's already started this journey and I get to join in and then, you know, hopefully we all go a little further together, you know, and that's, that's exciting to me. I think one of the things I'm looking forward to is having more support. Where we were on the mission field, we were very isolated. We were 10 hours away from our closest colleagues. It got lonely. And it's nice to have the encouragement to try new things. It's nice to have the freedom, as Janine said, the freedom to try new things. And, and I've just appreciated getting to know Rick over the last several months and the phone calls, the encouragement. And it's not just from him. I've been getting encouragement from other people. God has been using this as a season to grow our faith and to see that there's so many more possibilities than what we ever imagined before. Hey friend, that's our show for today. If you enjoyed the content or would like to hear future podcasts, 
please subscribe so you can be notified when new podcasts are released. On behalf of Mike Atkinson, Rick Shields, and our amazing Doorways Leadership and Influence Network partners, this is Krista Hope saying thanks for listening. Thank you.